Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, I am like literally wet my pants excited for our next guest here. I truly have a special treat for you. It's a little divergent from some of the other, you know, potty training, picky eater type topics that we've had, but I just had to seize the day because, and this is where I need to put a spoiler alert on here. If you are one of the gabillion people that have followed and are loyal and love the Amazing Race Canada, then you're going to know my guests today. If you have not yet watched the final episode, then stop listening to this podcast. Go watch the finale. You'll chew your nails off right to the quick and then come back and listen to the podcast. (laughs) So that's it. That's my spoiler alert. That's what I've got. Uh, Because today I have the great privilege of having my friend Craig Ramsey and his amazing co-host, Catherine. And these two were Team Broadway And, uh, you know, I have known Craig for about five, six years now, and I feel that I know Catherine not only because Craig always talks so highly about her before I even watched The uh, Amazing Race, and then, of course, got to live vicariously through the show, so to meet you in person uh, is is a real treasure. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, you guys. Thank you for having us. And Allison, um, you mentioned potty training and picky eater, uh, and you said it wasn't going to be, but it might turn into that (laughs) with me. You don't know where it's going. It's a a free for all. Um, But I have to tell you that um, you are a really inspiring couple. So for people that maybe don't know the show, because I have um, viewers, obviously, from the U.S., they have the the amazing race in the U.S., but also in Europe and uh, different parts of the world that might not be familiar with the format. So can you just give like a, a, a quick little elevator pitch of what the heck this show is for so people understand? 
Yes, it's 10 teams of two, and it's a relationship-driven show, so they really focus on what those relationships are like, and they set you usually worldwide travel, but because of the pandemic um, with the Amazing Race Canada, it's Canada only uh, this season, and each um, episode, and there's 11 episodes, are called Legs to Us, and you run a leg that goes from A to B with a number of tasks, challenges, if you will, that are set like roadblocks which is one person you have to decide detours which you have two different um uh challenges you can choose from and um then uh, you do about four to, to six of those uh before uh, during each leg and th- whoever gets first on the mat of that episode leg gets a big prize of a trip and like in this case marshalls and we're going to be shopping for marshalls <laughs> for years um and then whoever comes in last each leg gets eliminated and the ultimate goal is to make it to the end the finale and be first on the mat and you're the ultimate winner of the Canada's largest TV prize in history which you bloody well were we oh bloody well God. were. You bloody <laughs> well were. And it couldn't go to more deserving people. And we'll talk about like strategies and why that happened. But I want people to understand who you are and why, you know, obviously I'm cheering for my friends, but above and beyond Canada was really behind you guys. And there was some really interesting teams that were in this race particularly, but you guys have a, a really tremendous backstory. So you guys met 25 years ago. So I don't even think some of the racers are 25 years old. There was some really young people on this show. You yeah. guys were the older, you were the Oh, the old, the old people on the show. Thank you for that. Right. You met 25 years ago. Tell me, tell me about meeting each other. Well, listen, we were called the geriatrics <laughs> team day one and that just um, like killed us. <laughs> that was just horrible. But yeah, Kath, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 25 years ago, we um, met when I was 14 at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. School. Uh, yeah, the school of the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And um, I loved musical theater. And so did Craig. And we just bonded over that and continued our friendship from there. We were kind of the out- outfits, the out- outcasts of, of the ballet school. But we were also groomed by the great late uh, Arnold Spohr, mm-hmm. who really uh, is a staple of the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And he saw something special in us and a few other students of um, of our years that um, we we did have such a great ability for ballet, but we also had passion for singing and acting. And he helped groom us and the Royal Winnipeg Ballet certainly invested in us. And uh, Kath and I both left there to go explore our Broadway goals and um, dreams and we achieved them. We lived together in New York, Toronto, LA, and this friendship has been strong and it's been through ups and downs and the ugly, you know, you name it. <laughs> um, but we've we've survived it and we thrived. And then we are, of course, uh, now we could say our friendship is title holders of Amazing Race Canada. I can't believe that. That doesn't sound real to me. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So, I mean, and, and, and I know again, just in, in hearing some of your backstory uh, folks, just so you know, I mean, these people stood up for each other as significant people in each other's weddings, right? A uh, woman of yeah. honor. He was my man of honor and I was his man of honor. Mm. <laughs> right. And, and Craig is a godchild to your children. Yeah. I mean, yep. these are, these are deep, significant relationships and, and, and you really do need that when you're going into a competition of this kind, because if anyone knows this show, like it is one 
what do you call it? Tense ball busting thing. I mean, I was just yeah. on the edge of my seat the whole time. It is not an easy competition. Um, no, it's not. It's test, it tests friendships and it, and it, it, it tests the, the need to make alliances. And you guys had to really pull on some skills, but, but things really, the, the, the decision to go into the competition, cause I know Craig, you said you guys were going to apply, but t- tell people here that might not know what happened for you, Catherine, in 2013, that made this such a special decision for the two of you. Well, I was diagnosed with an anaplastic astrocytoma, which is um, given two to six years to live from that. Uh, my daughter was only five weeks old. A brain t- uh, it's a brain tumor. Sorry, it's a brain yeah, tumor. Yeah. yeah, thanks for adding that because yeah, I no. forget stuff. And that's what he does. He he inserts himself and, and adds stuff that I leave out. I compliment things. He compliments <laughs> <laughs> So it was actually him that made me go see the doctor. Um so I went and saw her and I had an awake craniotomy, radiation and four different kinds of chemotherapy and uh, learn how to talk learned, again. Yeah, I, it um, was on my speech center. So I had to relearn how to talk and write and sign and everything. So I was frustrated for a little bit. And then I sort of got over that, <laughs> threw it out the window and said, okay, what can I do? I need to advocate. I want to be a part of the solution. So I had just graduated nursing school. So I decided didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to advocate for brain cancer patients. So I joined the Brain Tumor Foundation and started raising money for brain tumor research. But she also just made some really big life changes as she was in the States at the time. And she wanted to be closer to her parents. They moved back to Winnipeg, Manitoba, where uh, she's originally from. And uh, she also wanted to get back to the love of theater performing, which, um, you know, Catherine's a medical miracle. And two to six years, nine years ago, uh, we have to analyze, like, how does that happen? And of course, Catherine always beats any obstacle <laughs> that's in front of her. But really, she also uh, finds her passion and reason to keep going, which, of course, is her family and her love for theater performing. Mm-hmm. It, it really made a big difference to me. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to sit inside the shoes of you guys and, and, and the context of your family. And tell me how this played out where you're like, um, you know, Craig gets on the phone. I don't know. Who, I don't know who I don't know who called who. But somebody said. Um, you're already past your expected life experience, but or, or life expectancy. But do you want to go on a cross Canada trip and do like crazy ass things like jump out of helicopters and swim around, you know, whatever, and be virtually away from your family? Like, I, I literally remember thinking like, where is Craig? Why isn't he posting on Insta? Like, you guys like you just <laughs> ghosted from society during this race, and I know that that's part of the part of the procedure, but like. Was your was Joel on board with this? Was Brandon on board with this? What did your kids have to say about this? Well, it was extremely hard, but the way it started was we had just uh, completed the Rome Pig Ballet production of Romeo and Juliet as Lady and Lord Capulet as guest artists, and we wanted to do something similar. And the only thing we could think of was the Amazing Race Canada. So we made a video in his hotel room and sent it in. We didn't hear anything for like nine months. And our husbands were like, no, we yeah. Heard, we heard something the next day. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, no, they, they were immediately interested, of course, because Catherine's story is so compelling. But the main issue of why the Amazing Race, uh, all franchises do not have people that are, uh, we'll call ourselves mature, uh, that are mi- middle aged is because we have family responsibilities and you can't just up and leave a family. And that's where our families, we had to ask them and address it ahead of time before we even decided to apply because that's a huge responsibility to hand off to Joel and a lot of people don't know because unfortunately the race certainly did not uh, outline my personal life. I, uh, they relied on my aerobics challenge to identify me as homosexual, which it certainly did. <laughs> but <laughs> it should have been said that I married with a hus- husband and that we co-parent an 11-year-old um, with Brandon's sister and her wife. So to remove myself also from that family structure was it is terribly stressful on those parties. Um, so Right away, they they were on board because I think they realize that Catherine has this potential and she has this uh, ability to reach people and motivate people and that um, that she needs to get out there and have her story told. Is ha- there anything I'm missing? No, but having said that, uh, Quinn especially really, really missed me, which is my daughter, who is now nine. She turned nine while I was away and it was really hard for me to be away for her birthday. But is it kind of yeah. good though, too, that, and, and this is the harsh conversations that we had that I think people yeah. that have terminal illness need to, to hear. Removing you from that, from with no phone, no access. I had conversations with your mom ahead of time, Menjol, that were like, okay, is this going to be triggering for you? Is this going to bring up a lot of issues of eventually you not being here? For the kids, for the kids, yeah. and for even your your mom and Joel. Yeah, I mean, like, it, do, do, like it, uh, it, I want to make sure I understand that correctly. Like, kind of like a dress rehearsal for life without mom, because it was like, how long were you on the road? That's a big gap. Like, and I mean, literally, people really could not reach you. It's not like just calling home or FaceTiming at the end of the day, right? That's exactly what it was. And we have husbands actually here and present um, as we always do, except when we're on the Amazing Race Canada. And I think they're chomping at the bit to kind of um, add in something. Is that is that okay, Allison? You know, I absolutely want to hear it from the de- from the husbands' perspectives because they were they were the stay at homes carrying the load and wondering what the hell you were because we're all seeing it now filmed. But you got to remember when you guys were gone, none of this was on air. It was like literally a vacuum. And we lied and we said, um, we're taking a social media break, everyone. And, uh, you know, no, we didn't have, we couldn't say we're on the race, but uh, here's Joel Ledlow, Catherine's husband. Hey, Joel. Hey, Brandon. Um, Hey, so yeah, Brandon was there from the beginning. So Catherine and I, you know, we met in LA, uh, sorry, so many back and forth. Brandon is really important. We were doing something earlier, but Craig, sorry. That's right, because Catherine mixes me and Craig He's up all the time. He's worse than I am. <laughs> he, he mixes me and Craig up all the time. So Craig was there when Catherine and I first started dating in L.A., and he was there with us all the way through at our wedding and everything, too. And really big when Catherine was diagnosed, Craig, uh, Craig came out to visit us when we were living in Oklahoma, and uh, I was teaching, and then Craig was there, and we just had Quinn, and she was five weeks old, and they were doing something together, and then it was Craig who really convinced her because she had all these things going on, all these things to convince her to go to the hospital. And then we found out the diagnosis, we did surgery. And then, and then Catherine was so traumatized. We were also traumatized. And she started watching movies all the time to, to take her away from that. 
And she got in there and Craig really stepped up and said, hey, I think we need to go do this, but how is Catherine to do this? Because it is a dark place to have this thing hanging over your head. And it's really hard when you can't distract yourself with other things. And I said, yes, it's going to be tough though, Craig. And if she's able to do this and she's able to walk that path, you're the only person I think she can do that with. And they did. And I got to say that it was nothing like we expected because five weeks was really rough for us to not talk because Catherine and I have never done that in our entire relationship uh, and with the kids. Um, but she's so much stronger now on the other side of it. The, the person, the woman who came back to me with her friend Craig is so much more now. And I think she has stepped beyond being a brain cancer survivor and now she's a brain cancer advocate and is really pushing that out there and has really showed how wonderful she is and how amazing she is and i'm really proud uh you can't see us right now but i'm really really proud he's, he's doing cartwheels i'm like i know and <laughs> I mean, i'm trying like, really hard to, as the interviewer <laughs> trying to choke back my tears but it's like it's tears of joy like i'm super super happy about the whole story but from the kids point of view it isn't just that you were going to be gone for and i want to hear from brandon too because you know again you guys are very embedded obviously this is your husband your intimate partner but you guys are in a significant parenting role in your side of the family there brandon i see those posts all the time from both of you with craig like you're deeply embedded with kids in your life too so i'm looking at it from the point of view of the kids and thinking it's one thing to not hear from your parent for five weeks but she's also going out there um, with days ticking, like there must be, you know, sand through the hourglass aware awareness and you're doing really hard things like risky things. Ah, they weren't risky. They oh, were fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love your attitude. I don't know. As a viewer, I was like, Oh, I, can you know do I don't even think my kids would think it was risky. Yeah, okay. They weren't like worried about that. No, they would have all wanted to do this stuff. They would like, have always wanted yeah. to do it. Yeah. They would yeah. have wanted to jump out of the helicopter too. Oh, that's what Elliot said. Our, our experience is way opposite. This is yeah. Brandon, there. Brandon, my yeah. husband. Hi, it's yeah. Brandon. Right, hey, Brandon. Um, yeah, so what was, so from your perspective, what was it like? Um, well, you know, when Craig and Catherine did the ballet, and this is when they talked about that and made the video in their room for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, um, Craig and I were apart for three months. So uh, while he was doing that, so we're used to spending time apart. We're, we've got a very solid, you know, marriage, and with both of our jobs, we we travel a lot. But like you you mentioned, we do co-parent uh, my 11 year old nephew. And uh, while it was easy on me, I was shocked at what five weeks would do to an 11 year old. Mm -hmm. It completely derailed him. He um, emotionally, he was he was. Uh, I mean, there, there were steps backwards for sure. Craig is definitely a uh, writer's rock. It's who he aspires, inspires, it, you know, it, it's all of that stuff. Um, it, he loves me to death, but Craig really is the person that I think um, he, he looks to for all of, all of the things for him to be a better person. Our, our nephew suffers from a lot of anxiety so he would not have wanted to jump out of anything. And in fact, um, it was even hard when they got COVID and they they got to call us. Um, we couldn't tell him because he'd be so severely worried about Craig's uh, health. 
And he was also nervous about anything that that they the tasks the tasks that you guys were doing it was even hard for him to watch mm-hmm. it on TV. So yeah. a little bit it was a perspective. Allison, it yeah. was a it was a surprise to all of us when I came back home to see how it affected him, the unknown. I think uh, I did a disservice by not outlining how, yes, these things are risky. And this is a family show and kids watch all the time, but it's different when it's your parental figure that's out there. So I think he really got it in his head. I should have outlined that the safety measures that are going to be taken, because when I came back, he certainly has shown um, uh, quietness, reserve, fear, all of those he things. cried when Craig got back and was like... <laughs> like my allergies i mean he just you know so much emotion when he first saw craig what do you make of that allison well to your point different kids different um world perspectives and so uh, the anxious child that's got the fearfulness of the unknown that really pushed him further out of his comfort zone than maybe Catherine's kids who don't have the same worldview and, and, and you know see things a little bit differently it's so individualistic right but hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So now you know for the next time. But I, I, I think as parents, you know, we can't. The next time. <laughs> you're going to do the amazing race. But, but it's, you know, it's intel to say part of his wiring and what makes him function well is when he has a sense of decreased ambiguity. Um, and you know, you gave him a good, you gave him a good challenge so you can remind him, you know what, that was like a really big thing for you to do. And yet here we are with a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of pride and you did it. You actually pushed through. And I I think these in a sense, kind of like not planned, but they really are a form of exposure therapy. He had to go through something probably bigger than he thought he could manage, but he did. And that's, that's something for him to, to celebrate. So if he could do this big of a challenge, you can say my challenge was I had to count how many fricking sh- goats had the number. No, don't talk about time. goats. Oh my God. The fucking goat challenge drove me crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. Like, I don't, this woman has like, you know, a, a brain tumor and sh- short-term <laughs> memories. I, I mean, I'm only almost 60 and I can't figure out where the, I was like, I don't even know how I would have done that challenge. So you guys had your challenge, you made it through. And so, you know, maybe for kids th- with anxiety, this is like, you push through and, and, and you did it. You did things you didn't think you could do. I did things I didn't think I could do. We're kind of bonded around that. Love that. You know what I also think? I think that because my children are used to me living with brain cancer, that that's one of the scariest things you can face. So me jumping out of a helicopter, me doing all this scary stuff is nothing compared to what brain cancer is. So I think that that might be their reason for wanting to do all this crazy stuff because mommy does it. So I want to do it, you know? And I think that because I enjoy doing it, because it, it also, I always love doing this, but because I still enjoy doing it, they see that, Oh, I can do it too. And my kids are pretty competitive. So, (laughs) well, but you know, I wonder Catherine too, and Joel, like, tell me if this resonates with you as you think about your kids and the experience of, you know, um, uh, they must so want for your happiness, Catherine. Like the the fact that that you could that they could say this is a gift that we could give mom because she really wants to do this and this is really going to bring her joy. And you could see it in the footage how happy you are having these life experiences. To have a child experience vicarious joy from somebody else's joy, I think is one of it's such a 
an incredible gift to give a child who otherwise could be very what's in it for me and you know, whatever. They really experienced their joy from your joy, I think. Did you, would you I, agree, I, Joel? Vicarious joy. Vicarious I, I got to say that they really hit him with something um, with, with both the kids and they, they both reacted differently. It, and all three of us actually did not expect it. So like five weeks, you know, yeah, five weeks, not really what you think it is uh, when it happens. And I was going through with the kids with a lot. And Quinn, she's always been our rock. Like she's just been joy and happy from day one and smiling like way too early as a child. And she's always so caring to everyone else and lifts everybody up. But then she would just break down at bedtime and be like, I miss mommy. I miss mommy. And what you're talking about, that the, the thing, and I had to walk her through my, you know, turning nine-year-old daughter and say, hey, mommy is going and doing something. And because and she's going with Craig and you know how we love for you to go on sleepovers or birthday parties or do things with your friends and have those. And she's like, yes. And I said, well, this is us letting mommy do that. And also mommy proving how strong she can be. And, and it was really trying to talk her through. And it really gave me a, a I, I felt like a good parent that night of, of walking her through the positivity and thinking about all of that. And she really understood it and was really fantastic with the whole journey. I think that you bring up a, a good point. Your kids know Craig really well. That was another um, thing. It's yeah, not Craig. Either. It's Uncle Craig. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Yeah. So it's not like they're just like mommy took off like with somebody like a work friend. This was mommy went with someone who's yeah. been in their lives from day one. Like and Ryder <clears throat> has never met you guys. So I was so young though. He, yeah. he was at yeah. our wedding and it was so young. So I think that that makes a, a big difference. But like Craig, Craig and Brandon were there, like our, the baby shower for Elliot was at their place in LA. Mm-hmm. So that's family. They are really, really close. Craig has been, uh, you know, to our house far more than like my, my brothers have been. He's been there for piano recitals. He's done all this traveling in from afar to be there for those special moments. So they understand that. And it's not mommy just taking off and doing something random. It's doing something really important with, uh, as as Craig and, and Catherine were talking about, is uh, chosen family. Yeah, I, I love how stitched in you are to each other's lives and that idea of like what family structures can can look like and the fact that, well, I mean, I just I just love that about both of you. The, the and from from a value point of view, family loyalty, and it came out in the race. You saw that. I mean, I, you know, there was certainly skill and and uh, luck and different things, but relationships were part of what what made th- this all successful. And you guys are a, a, a really great example of an extended family that you've created and stitched together because you're functional. You support one another, and it's not a traditional arrangement, but one hundred percent healthy and functional. Yeah. Yes, but it is triggering for our husbands. We we used verbiage um once that that said uh we're we're like we're soulmates. Soulmates. And and that brought up a lot of conversations too, you know, because I am gay. This is my my best girlfriend and that. And obviously there's there's been no um any crossing of the line. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could tell by our laughter. Um but I think that uh I I really want to give praise to the husbands. And to the families for respecting what this kind of friendship, especially mixed gender friendship, looks like, because all too often people put the kibosh on that. 
Yeah. And to your point, you know, sometimes um, uh, emotional intimacy through shared experience can feel threatening if you didn't have a strong enough partner that, you know, it's like, oh, sure, you know, we're in a marriage and we get together. But like you're you're like really putting it out there and being vulnerable with this other person. I find that threatening. So you really have to have a strong relationship to be able to let that closeness happen, regardless of gender or sexual orientation. It gives me a break. It gives me an emotional break, Allison. <laughs> I allow it. You, you have him for five right. weeks, God damn it. I think it actually helped us become even stronger. Uh, and then after the race. After the race. Yeah. So after the race, when we came back together, and the Catherine was performing again afterwards. So it was even longer than yeah. five weeks for us of being apart. But but we, I could talk on the phone. We too. could talk on the phone. And it, it wasn't easy for for me uh, and it wasn't easy for her and because we were in that distance apart and that time apart we were rebuilding ourselves um and going through that uh, brain cancer is a tough deal and it's been huge in our lives and we've just been coming out of finding out who we are as individuals and not letting it hang over our heads so much and Catherine has really been doing a great job and i've been trying my best to keep up with her example and and be strong in my own right. And, and we've come together and rebuilt ourselves as a stronger couple. Which is so amazing. And I hope, you know, listeners, maybe they're not going to go audition for the amazing race Canada and do the level, but you know, that, that the idea that you can go out and have some growth and that actually doesn't detract from a coupleship that actually can be contributive to the coupleship, which is amazing. And I'm thinking too, like Brandon, what was it like for you to step in to, to suddenly, you know, uh, and, and, and Joel maybe too, you start to realize the role your partner plays in the greater family system where you're like, Oh damn. Like not, not that you were taking them for granted, but you're like, I got to fill these shoes that might not necessarily be my way, my niche, my whatever, you know, they're, they're both pretty strong people in, in what they bring to their, to their kids and, and to Ryder and whatever. Um, did you find that you had to fill big shoes or had to do things a different way or what was that like in the absence yeah, I was just going to say, I think when people are absent, you you do realize the role and and how much gets done, you know, because I just thought, oh, well, the house is clean all the time. Nobody in the hot tub at 6.30 yeah, in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> when you start going deeper, you know, there was things with Ryder that I just could not fulfill. Like, it, it, it didn't matter, you, you know, what I did. Um, I, I'm not Craig. So seeing seeing the role, not just in our family, but our community, Craig is a huge example for our community. Um, he has started, he's put our community on the map. He's started um, every organization, the Neighborhood Watch. So just even to see the community start uh, falling a bit apart for a few weeks was, was very interesting. And um, yeah, I, I there was nothing that I could do to fulfill those things at all. So um, I do have, I've always appreciated him though. Yeah. And well, and I'll say, you know, just to piggyback on that, I loved that during the whole thing, like, I know that, you know, it said that you were from Windsor, Canada, they kept defaulting to that, but it's like, no, damn, no, you're from Harrow. You had, you had your watch parties there. Like you like owned your small town community. You like, I, I loved that. You, you absolutely pull your full authentic self out there. And I don't know much about Winnipeg. I mean, I, I think I've been there once, but uh, you know, it, you were clearly, you have to become more. 
Yes. Well, I did laugh that, that one of your fears on your bio is that you're afraid of extreme cold. Like, I'm like, um, you're living in the wrong place. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, I can see for, for me, I didn't realize how much I relied on Catherine for everyday things, like just being able to turn to, and it was a bit of a weird mix because uh, Elliot, our son was going through some ADHD stuff and was trying out new meds. And then she was there for the beginning of that. And then we had to switch meds because it didn't go well, but we also had COVID still going on in the community when they were gone. Uh, and we were trying to keep this, you know, keep the lid on it. So it was difficult to be like, no, I can't talk to Catherine about this uh, because uh, so it was difficult to to work through a lot of those things. And I realized how important she was for me uh, in helping do everything all day long with our kids. Uh, super important for us. Did did your kids um, develop any new skills or independence because they couldn't lean on someone who is typically there? I think so. Um, Quinn's always just been super amazing. Um, Quinn likes to do her own stuff. She likes to do her own <laughs> things. And we did a little bit more of that. So part of one of the things was, is I dropped the ball and, and missed getting Elliot once. So we got him a phone. So there would never be a, an anxiety communication mixed up where he's thinking the worst thing has happened to dad uh, because I wasn't there to pick him up on time. Because I'm always like, are you going to get, are you going to get yeah. Elliot? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do so I remind him of all the things and he's like, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, so they have a lot more uh, independence as well. So both of them are really loving coming out of this and standing on their own two feet. And especially now seeing Catherine and Craig having won and do all the amazing things week after week on the race. Uh, really just there, they sort of pop their chests out a little bit more and walk a little bit taller as they, they go through their days. So when they actually watch this then, okay, so you're, so they're, you know, you have a little bit of mild contact or whatever, when you're filming all this and it's got to be completely surreal in their heads, you know, what's going on or whatever, but then they're starting to see the footage. What, you know, it, it's meant to be a show that evokes emotion, obviously. Um, and, and part of it is, is very positive emotion because you're cheering for people and the, and the, oh God, the two brothers, Connor and, um, Brandon. And yes, right. Like they were like silly fun. Like they, they, they just brought a smile to my face every time they did their little hoedown dance or whatever, you know, you see this positive motion, but then there's like this incredible, like at the end when you guys were all, and again, this is like full disclosure, people go watch the show. I don't want like it's, it's done. The finale's happened. But when you guys were in the library and it's down to like the last wire and everybody knows that like, this is the moment. And I'm just like, I'm so tense for you. And I, gosh, I'm just your friends. So I'm, thinking what's it like when you're nine and ten it's it's your mom and she's been away you or your you know whatever your uncle you've made this huge investment like how did the kids actually handle watching you struggle succeed compete where was their emotional arc during all of that was i was so curious to their reactions and i, I know it was 11 episodes so it would be different every time but like just give me some input into that elliot and quinn are a bit different children. They, I was away. Uh, I, for, we were at the lake. So we watched it at a lake's house, a lake friend's house for the first two episodes. Then I started rehearsal for rainbow stage. So I couldn't really watch it with them. So I never really watched it with them. The only two times I watched it with them was when we had the viewing parties. Okay. Um, so I never really got to see how they reacted because we were in a different area, but I think Joel did. You might. Yeah, have. I did. So 
I, I one of the big things that they really wanted to know about was the same things as I wanted to know about. So watching the episode was cool, but they wanted to know all the extra stuff. They want to know about the journey that was happening with mommy and uncle Craig behind the scenes. What did we not see? What was that really like? Cause we only saw a five, 10 second clip. What was it really like to be there? What was it really like to do this? So that's what I guarantee you. So Craig hasn't seen them yet, but we're going back to Winnipeg uh, this weekend and they're going to be pelting, especially Elliot. Elliot's yeah. going to be nonstop <laughs> asking Craig questions about every single challenge. Well, what about this one? What about that one? What about this one? And what did you do? Were you really scared when you were climbing up the, the Ferris wheel? Or, you know, like, what was it like to be in the water? He's going to, and then he's going to come up with some random details, but they just want to know about the other stuff because they, it's a journey between mom and her best friend. Um, Allison, I'll say Ryder was had a little different approach. He knows me so well, and he could pick out what uh, editors must have missed. So he didn't see me being consistent to who I am. Yeah, it mm. was that was interesting. My, what, oh, what are my so give me an example of that because you're right like he would know i mean he knows you inside and out right and you're right we all know that things get edited to follow a storyline and they've got like a you know a, they have a television audience to procure a certain experience so what did he notice as standing out well he knows i run neighborhood watch disaster preparedness and you know like i'm a community leader and things like that so like he was like mm, you would have had sharper conversations with beverly and veronica and he loved that i called her vanessa and he was insistent that i did that on purpose and i did it <laughs> Um, so no, he wanted to know, like, uh, cause it looked like I, I was much more reserved. He would, he would also deflect when you were doing something that scared him. Yes. He would, he would start trying to talk about something else in the middle like while school. we're all trying school to that day. watch the episode. He had a very difficult time seeing me struggle. Yeah, I was going to say, so I, the one that really got me was like that very, and it was right at the beginning, but I, just because I knew it was your, like that, you crawling up the uh, Ferris wheel. I, I just because I adore you and I'm just like, I'm I'm holding your fear and I'm thinking, God, if I was a kid, you know, I mean, I've got my adult capacities, but he's got a deeper relationship and a younger, younger skill set. So how did he handle that? What was could he handle that? Was that the worst one for him or is that just me projecting? I don't know. I've taught him how to get out of difficult situations rather than tackle them. So then I had to explain why I'm tackling this, you know, and why I'm putting myself in what he deems as danger. Um, but I, I think outlining the whole safety measures um, that I I had um, really certainly helped. So we would pause it. We'd pause the video and I would explain exactly what was going into all of this to make him feel a little more safe and confident. And then he'd focus in, and do that. But he would ask me, he's like, um, were you really scared? Because he also knows I'm an actor. So he thought that maybe I was acting in certain parts. And I'm like, no, I'm 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 flawed. I'm flawed. <laughs> And that was tough for him to accept and see because I'm not flawed in his eyes or in front of him. Right. Yeah. He wants the the uncle up on the on the white horse with the, that's perfect. And and but isn't this show? This is why I really. I mean, I used to watch the show with my kids, and of course, not knowing anybody that was on it. But I liked having these conversations about how do people handle frustration? How do people handle dis disappointment? What happens when you think the taxi's going to be waiting and they actually aren't? And you can see where you're supposed to go, but you can't figure out how to get to the goddamn terminal. And I think it's like such a great. Opportunity to to get into these conversations about handling life challenges and who rolls with it and who falls apart and I, I think it's such my a kids great show. <laughs> my kids were like, 
yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Your mom, of course you know everything. Of course you can do everything. No, it actually was really hard for me. But her kids also knowing who I am, and and as they said, Uncle Craig, Elliot came to me privately before we left. And he said, please take care of my mom. And he had tears in his eyes. So there was obviously fear there as well with him. Um, that and he knows that I was going to be the only representative there to protect his mom. Yeah, I also yeah. think they knew they knew because we had conversations. The kids and I had conversations uh, of Catherine needing to take a journey to to refine herself, and that that was one of the main goals. Winning wasn't the main goal for this. It was Catherine going off with Craig to tap back into the amazing, wonderful, spectacular person that that she is uh, the person that I married, that I fell in love with, that I'm still in love with and sort of get out from underneath the, this burden of brain cancer. And I have said it many, many times and I'll say it many, many more times. Thank you, Craig. No blessings. You know, as a bystander though, I also see that Catherine is a different person off of it. You're you function differently. I think that you guys had to think about so many things that you really, you really operate in a, in a, a totally different way than before, which is great. <laughs> I am you know? sort of aware of it. I'm aware of it because you tell me all the time, but I also feel that my brain is stronger now and that my, my rewiring has almost completed itself. <laughs> I mean, there's always more to do, but I feel like I, my brain has actually rewired itself to fill in these gaps where it was missing before. How so? How could we turn that into an everyday everyday person's experience? So that because, like I said, it's pretty it's pretty amazing that you guys put it in an audition tape that they accepted you, that you went through the screening, that you got. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many steps. But if there's just somebody who is whatever stuck, limited, has a health concern, a disability, something that is like getting them stuck, stopped medically or psychologically. What would be your advice to do that rattle up that you experienced that made such thriving for you? I've got one. It goes along with something Craig's been saying this whole weekend to everybody, you know, get out there. If you don't do the amazing race, Craig said, well, do something else. And I think for me, uh, one of the things that I've grown as, as a husband and as a father and the kids have grown and Catherine has grown is taking this experience, the shared experience of stepping outside of the box of your everyday normal because Catherine and I got into roles and we got stuck in these roles and there was nothing really challenging, especially during COVID. It just, we became in these same roles and there was nothing new to inspire us or challenge us to better ourselves or, or, or challenge what we were doing. Um, but they went off and again, ours is extreme, but our, their relationship is, is extreme. Our, our journey is extreme, but I think in an everyday you could do that by taking a, a dance class or a martial arts class or a singing class or a music lesson class or a pottery class or a painting class. You could do something to challenge yourself and, and do it with other friends. Allison, as for racers on the race, can I answer that by asking a question to Catherine? Of course. So Catherine, on the race, when I had to, when I did sit down and I outlined things that I saw were obstacles and, and if you will, flaws in post brain cancer, Catherine, mm-hmm. that I felt needed to be addressed in order for us to progress and handle the race. Mm-hmm. And I asked her like, is, am I being a cruel human being and friend by addressing this? But how did it make you feel? 
I felt great. I felt like I wanted to, I wanted those challenges. I wanted to improve on myself and I wanted to do it for you. I wanted to do it for us. I mm. wanted to um, make it to the end with you. So that's, that's what I I'm going to suggest to people is she's been through hell and back again, but she still has surrounding people that she trusts around her, that she is allowing her ego to be put aside and to have all these things addressed to, to hopefully better herself and work on herself. Now, mind you, then it reversed. And I asked her, you know, what do I need to do to uh, improve myself to be able to handle the race? But her vulnerability is key here uh, as someone that suffers from, um, uh, a condition such as hers. Well, you know, vulnerability because of that, but I mean, d doesn't that speak to core conditions in your relationship together? And as I'm seeing, not only just between you as friends, but listen to the incredible um, trust that you're having with your husbands that in this group of four people, um, you guys are all willing to really have such a state of trust that you will be vulnerable, that you can go that extra mile so that when you're vulnerable, whether that is whatever, well, you guys didn't have trouble with the singing opera on stage, but you could see for other people, whatever, you know, trying 15 times to get a snooker ball in at pool and failing and failing and fail. Like you have to be so vulnerable to have somebody say, can I, can I tell you something? Would you, would you hear some advice? Like you have to just feel so safe in that relationship. And so God, you guys have super strong relationship skills and look at what it brought you. Look at what those relationship skills brought you. I Amazing. think that is super important. Like I do feel safe. I never feel at all threatened at all, anything but safe. And I feel trust every time I'm talking to Craig, I can tell him anything. That's why I trust him so much. And same with my husband too. Like I trust him enough to help me. <laughs> Joel's, Joel's doing like flippy floppy with his hands. Like, nah, maybe, but he's he, now he's laughing. <laughs> But in, you know, and again, I'm going into because I'm always advocating for children. So imagine what it's like to be a child that gets yeah. to have that kind of a relationship with a parent that they can come and say, um, you know, I got in trouble at school today or, you know, I don't know. I like this person. I want to let them know or, you know, somebody was passing around a vape stick and I did something stupid or right. Like if we can get those core conditions happening in our families, not just between the adults, but getting it happening between the parents and children, like that's just so much can flourish from that. And that's a scary it's it's, a, it's scary for parents to think they think they got to be so so strong that vulnerability looks like weakness or like you're not going to have boundaries or something and yet it's it's so important for all human relationships i i was going to say i think it's also super important for children to see that men and women can be friends yeah you know and that and and they can be strong friends and and i think that that's a super important message yeah Oh, well, listen, guys, I am. Um, I'm so appreciative of your, of your time. And I know you've got more interviews and show tickets and everything. And I'm just like, so want to like, just jump on a cocktail party with you or do a stretch and wine with Craig or whatever we need to get together outside of this format. But it's I, for me, it's been like, super informative. And I know that the parents listening or I have like all kinds of takeaways from this. But do, do you have something that you really want to make sure that parents know that families know something, some something that just needs to be said today before I, I miss anything? 
I had one thing you just said, uh, and we talked about the challenges and stuff. I noticed that because Catherine wasn't there, and I teach after school, so I'm not usually there. She does a lot of the stuff where she's interacting with our kids. And when she was gone, they were now turning to me, and it was a challenge for me as a parent to to interact with them and, and be that and develop that trust with them for them to have those conversations with me. And maybe that's another challenge you could do as a parent is stepping into a different role uh, with your own children, because it was really, really amazing to get to know my kids on a different way that Catherine was usually the parent to do that for. Yeah, I, I know, I, Joel, I noticed that when I went back to school to get my master's degree, and I was like away on weekends and weeks at a time for school, not the same as five weeks in a row or whatever, I realized I really was such a presence that unless I physically left the house, I was going to eclipse my partner in all parenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I needed to go in order for him to show up. And he was very competent, but I was always going to eclipse him. So it was really good for me to be absent. It really did build up their relationship. I don't know if you can relate to that. but Absolutely. I, I, uh, yes, Catherine it fills up a room. Yeah. And that's, you, think that's, these, you think these theater people fill up a room with their big personalities? Maybe? They all sing together. <laughs> Catherine, yeah. our house is a musical all the time, and you'll have Cat- to put on headphones to get us out. <laughs> if my my, my, my brother says to me, Allison, you don't always have to play to the back of the room. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, Allison, as you know, I've read all your books. And they're my parenting Bibles, if you will. Um, Now, I'm going to ask you, we got this incredible win, this huge notoriety from this. I see my little 11-year-old getting a little bit overconfident with it. Mm-hmm. And and having a little arrogance to it, like a, a little too much pride. Um, any advice you have for us in how to to address um, this win and to to give kind of perspective on life? Because I also don't want to give them an unrealistic expectation. This is Canada's largest prize amount. Um, what can I do? What should we say? You know, I think honestly, you're modeling alone is just speaks volumes you know you are not you are not a boastful person you're a humble person um so i think your modeling will do it and then there's going to be some peer who is going to say something pissy to say like get off your high horse uh, not your whatever. And you'll be like, oh, that was kind of hurtful. And you'll be there to help lick the wounds or whatever. Um, I, I think it's okay to, to, to give a few comments about uh, it's great to share in the excitement and whatever. Um, you know, hard work, big celebration. But, you know, we're, no one is ever better than anybody else based on their accomplishments. You know, we're just reinforcing that idea. We're all humble humans and, and uh, a big a big belief in, in social equality and you don't better yourselves by wins and losses. It's not how we measure worth. And, you know, it's just little, I just pepper those in and I think his peers will keep him in line. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, I'm going to be memorizing exactly what you just said and regurgitating that. So thank you. <laughs> you are welcome in any time. And um, what, what a great treat. Uh, I, of course, I love all of your social posts. Yes, the race is over, but I imagine there's going to be all kinds of long tail stuff that's going to be out there. So I, I hope people were excited to know more about your backstory and about how this applies to families. And I will post all your links and all your social media handles and we'll keep following Catherine and the brain tumor research and get people that can donate there and learn more and be supportive in any ways around their community. So anything that you want to promote, share, let me give you the floor. I know I've got links, you'll send them to me, but is there anything you want to like just give a marketing shout out to now specifically? 
Actually, what I would love to do is collect um, uh, a lot of questions that are coming into us from parents. And I would like to revisit this with another interview, if we can, where we can ask all of those to you in the future. But then I think the gentlemen um, are saying that we should definitely suggest something. What? Yeah, so two initiatives that we have with, you know, the big win is uh, we definitely want to give back and... uh, Royal Winnipeg Ballet has certainly invested in our careers and gave us our foundation. And we feel it's necessary to invest in the dancers of tomorrow. So we are developing uh, a scholarship fund um, that uh, will be able to help uh, those students. And Catherine has her. I have a, uh, with the Brain Tumor Foundation of Canada, I have um, a fundraiser called Team Catherine and it. All the money there goes to brain cancer research. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I will support both of those initiatives and I will put them up in the show notes. And I love the idea of like, let's collect those questions and let's get together, whether it's on my podcast, whether we do it as an Instagram live or whatever the format is, but we will keep the conversation going and keep getting information out to parents. Cause that's, that's, that's my mission in life. And you guys have made a great contribution here today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. You deserve it. You've made us all grow as better people. We're all inspired by your relationships in your marriages with your families. Um, and I'm just, I'm so happy to know you and want to get to know you more. Oh, thank you. And those, these balls are still bouncing. So I know what's going on with the little, yes. But Allison, a huge thank you to you for your guidance and for all of your advice and for your books. I highly recommend all of them. I can't believe each one um, ups the ante for me. So I love the challenge and thank you for what you put out there. I'm working on the teen one. So by the time I get it written, Ryder will be a teenager. So <laughs> stay tuned. Perfect. <laughs> I, I will we'll, we'll have to buy that one too. Pre-purchasing that yeah, one pre-purchasing. right now. All right, guys, till the next one. Thank you. Bye. 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 As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.